0: Hello and welcome into Coach's Corner. The day is September 28th, it is a Wednesday, and I got you an NFL recap show to talk about. All the action we saw in week 3 of the NFL, uh, some forgettable games, but a couple that I think are wor- noteworthy to talk about, and talk about each of these teams that played on Sunday. So with that being said, let's get into it. Welcome you into Coach's Corner, as I stated already. 28th, Wednesday, you got it. Let's get into week number three. Now, of course, we got to start in a very kind of nasty place. Uh, <laughs> as I referenced to the quarterback there, who is the nasty man. Thursday night football, Steelers, Browns. The Browns get the win 29-17. And I'll say, I... Was home for this game and I managed to watch essentially all of it until I was thought it was fit to turn it off. And I will say I thought it was a good game from the fir- like first half, better than I would have thought. Uh, the Browns came out. The defense really just wasn't that impressive. I, you know, I thought I expected more from this Browns defense. You know, just because, I mean, Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, they have a bunch of other playmakers that they've been drafting throughout the years. Uh, Just really not a super impressive performance in that first half. And it got so much better in the second half as obviously the Mitch Trubisky experience is just happening in Pittsburgh. But, you know, like I said, they kind of went back and forth in that first half. I thought Jacoby Brissett played a great game. I mean, Basically, all you could ask for from Jacoby Brissett, no interceptions, two touchdowns, you know, 220 yards. And, you know, the running backs rectified. I think Nick Chubb had a great game. You know, all the stuff that was talked about him last week with the, you know, not sliding down and going for the touchdown. I, I don't know why that was a debate, but it was. And Nick Chubb came back and 113 at the touchdown. I mean, a great game from him. And Amari Cooper, I want to say, Amari Cooper had a very, very solid game. Um, kind of like shades of the Amari Cooper that, like, is really good. I think Cooper is one of those receivers where you have, like, two very different sides of the coin with him. You have either no production, not doing a lot during the day, like three for 28 or something. But then you have games like this, seven catches, one. 101 yards one touchdown had a big catch of 32 yards you know the game that you want to see from a number one receiver mike cooper had that david njoku was pretty impressive for a tight end you know he started off pretty slow during first couple games but i you know came back with nine catches for 89 and a touchdown here so like i said this browns offense looks to be in pretty good shape under jacoby Brissett and you know, it makes me wonder if the Browns are in a position where they're like, I don't think they will be, but if they're comfortably winning, let's say the AFC North battle, like maybe they have one or two losses, one or two more losses, I'll say, because I think they're bound to have a couple more. But, you know, I won't say there's a QB controversy because they did pay the one nasty one, 230 guaranteed. Uh, but it's one of those things that the team is in such a good flow, which could be percent, like I said, has not made a ton of mistakes, has played relatively well for his, you know, how his career has been. Do they want to switch it up and go back to the nasty man or do they just want to like let him get another year under his belt? Now, I don't think they will. Obviously, like I said, they paid a lot of money for Deshaun and Deshaun is really good when he's on the field. But he hasn't been on there for a year and a half now. A season and a half at least, you know. <clears throat> it's gonna be a bit of an adjustment period. But it's one of those I think they have to grow, like they have to learn through it. And the experience is the only way Deshaun's gonna get back into playing shape, playing form. So Deshaun Watson will be back. I'm very confident in saying that. It's just I think an interesting thing to pose, like a for a team that I think has playoff at aspirations, potentially Super Bowl aspirations, now, like I said, it could go a number of different ways this season from just Week 3 here. But after these first couple of weeks, they should be 3-0. and You know, they blew that game against the Jets, but they really should be 3-0. and With, I think, you know, three, I'd say, Two comfortable wins, but you know, one was just I think figuring out how this offense is going to work on it in Week One. So, like I said, Jacoby Brissett not making many mistakes, doing his job well, playing the part that they need him to. Run game looks really good. Uh, defense picking it up, but I will say Miles Garrett wasn't a car accident today. Thankfully, he's okay. Outside, of, he has some couple injuries, like I think little stuff here and there, nothing major. And everyone's safe, but you know that's something to take into account. The best defensive player potentially um, in the league on his good days, you know, on this team especially, <clears throat> is out now. Uh, I mean, he could play, but you know, it's one of those I don't want to don't want to talk about too much. Like speculate that he's going to play. So good for him. Good for the Browns. Uh, the Steelers. I mean, the Steelers are figuring out that Mitch Trubisky is definitely just not the guy that he's who we thought he was. You know, we've seen play of Mitch Trubisky uh, for the Bra- like Bears. We've seen him there. I mean, twenty for 32, 207, no touchdowns, no picks. This is just who he is. You know, I don't think you need a very scheme dependent. Uh, you know, cast around him to really, you know, let him shine. And I think he did that in Buffalo last week, like last year for the game or two, because Brian Dable is a fantastic coach. They have a good offensive line and great weapons. Pittsburgh, I don't think the offensive coordinator is very good. The offensive line definitely is not developed to the point you want them with Mitch Trubisky. And the weapons are fine. It's just you need those first two way more than you need the last one. And so this was a very below-average performance from him. I mean, like I said, about what we expected. This is about what I expected from him. You know, very limited offense, a very not-threatening team at all. Now, Najee Harris was not good either. Najee Harris had a couple good, hard runs, You know, especially coming off the injury we thought he had. Good for him, but not a fantastic game. And this defense, this defense misses their leader. T.J. Watt being gone is... I think showing very much in this box score this game. Uh, Mika Fitzpatrick has a concussion, so that's scary. Two of the best defenders in the league, especially on the Steelers defense, both out now, could get kind of spooky here for the Steelers. Who the schedule does not get easier from here. You know, they I believe have like a game here and there, like they, they play the Jets, but then this stretch of games where they play the at the Bills against the Buccaneers, at the Dolphins, at the Eagles. That is, that's one win at worst, or at best, potentially. Like, the Steelers could find themselves out of the playoff race way quicker than they probably want to for a team that's so used to being up there. Mike Tomlin might find himself with a losing record for the first time in a long time. I think ever, actually. So, yeah. Things are getting kind of spooky in Pittsburgh. Uh, we'll see when they decide to unleash Kenny Pickett. I don't know when a good time is going to be, like I said, with all those games coming up. Can't be a good time for his development. He might just sit out the year, and they might just tank it out. Like, can totally see that. But, yeah, Steelers in a bad spot. The Browns in a f- pretty favorable spot here. So, good for them. Okay, now moving on with some of these other games, I kind of referenced that there was a good amount of stinkers, uh, just in general, over the past like, you know, the past week. that we had some stinker games, this week wasn't much better, and I'm starting to think that there are less quality NFL teams than originally anticipated because. Like I said, the results are not particularly encouraging just from a quality standpoint. None of these games have been really well played. A lot of unders, I would say, have kind of been the trend out of the NFL this year. Just not not consistency from teams, especially that we thought would be better. Uh, Now, these two teams are definitely teams that we were not considering to be better. Um, The Bears and Texans. Now... This was one of those games where it was weirdly competitive, just, you know, the teams were both bad, you know, not the expectations aren't high for either, Uh, so they were kind of just neck and neck the entire game until Bears decided that it was time to win, and they managed to go down and get the game-winning field goal because Davis Mills decided he was going to be the bad quarterback today, both, both stat lines look really bad, and I was, like, maybe saying that Davis Mills was good. Uh, I don't think he's good. I think I did, Davis Mills might be the league median for quarterback play. Like If you need a middle-of-the-road guy, like, joke about, like, Kirk Cousins is, like, the middle-of-the-road guy, but in reality, compared to, like, the entire league, including backups, third stringers, like, everyone, Kirk Cousins is well above average. But if we're talking like dead center of the league of quarterbacks, like just the perfect median player, Davis Mills might be that guy. (laughs) 20 for 32, 245, a touchdown and two interceptions, including the backbreaking interception to Roquan Smith. Uh, Fun fact here, the QBR, 19.5. If you go over to Chicago, Justin Fields, QBR, 19.4. So, uh, quite the difference there of 0.1 in the QBR field. Uh, the Bears are just committing to not passing the ball, which is a decision. I I don't know if the Bears are just realize that Justin Fields is bad. I don't know if they just don't trust him. If the offense is just not, the receivers are just so bad that they don't want him to throw the ball. But you know, 17 attempts here. Another low attempt total, under 20, which is really bad. Just awful. Uh, The Bears now, I don't know how many attempts he has. I think Justin Fields is hovering around... Mm -mm -mm -mm. He has 45 total attempts for the season. If you want a perspective from that, I'm pretty sure Joe Flacco has cleared that total every week. So, yeah, the Justin Fields experiment in Chicago, which, granted, he's giving really nothing to work with, like absolutely dirt, but even then he hasn't been helping his case, you know. It's 106, two interceptions. One of them was really overthrown, bad ball. Uh, But then, like I said, you look at the receivers, you have Cole Komet as the leading receiver, Darnell Mooney here with two for 23. Like, I, I don't know who he can throw to that would make him feel comfortable throwing the ball more than 20 times. You know, like I don't know where the production is in the passing game. There's really just no sign of hope at all for where this team can go on that side of the ball. Now running it now, listen, running the ball, the Bears are shockingly fantastic at it. Um 281 rushing yards on forty attempts. Uh, they had two touchdowns. Khalil Herbert took over the game once David Montgomery went down with injury. Twenty carries, one fifty-seven, and two touchdowns. And I like kind of I I like Khalil Herbert a lot. I've kind of thought that they were going to transition more to Herbert from Montgomery, and I found it interesting because I like David Montgomery. I don't think he's a bad running back per se. Uh, health concerns are obviously there. But, like, when he plays, he's good. But it's kind of been coming out. It's like they kind of want to move on to Khalil Herbert because I guess they see a better player. Like I said, I can't fully blame them because Herbert, I mean, was spectacular once Montgomery went out. And this is, like I said, against a bad defense in the Texans, but, you know, his, his games, every time he comes out, he turns out to have a good amount of production for what he's given. So... I don't know. I, I think the tide might be turning. Khalil Herbert might be running back one in Chicago. Uh, now listen. Also, the Bears are two and one. I think we have to remember this. Like as bad as I'm talking about the Bears, they are two and one. I think the rookies on defense have been really impressive. Robertson, I believe the edge has been, I think, way better than I've. I didn't know who he was. I think he's popped off the page a couple times when I see highlights. Uh, Jaquan Berkser, the safety they drafted from Penn State has been really strong for them, I think, in the back end. Uh, Roquan Smith made the game-winning interception. So it's almost like he should pay the really good linebacker that probably won you the other game tonight. I don't know. I'm just a casual fan. Uh, Eddie Jackson's been good. Like The Bears' defense is, I think, more than fine, but that's never been the question. It's always this offense, and it's always it comes back as really bad. And they spent multiple first-round picks to trade up for Justin Fields, and to, if he's not the guy, then he's not the guy. But it's also unfair to him to not let him have a chance at that if his, like I said, best weapons are Cole Komet, Darnell Mooney, and Aquanemia St. Brown. And with all due respect to those guys, they're all either young or just not at that level of good for a young quarterback that needs a reliable, dependable, at least probably veteran talent. And I would say that's got to be number one on their to-do list this offseason. I mean, the line is what it is. I think they have pieces on the offensive line that work just enough (laughs) Not perfect, but I don't think anyone's offensive line is really perfect. So they have to go get a pass catcher. They have to. And looking at the Texans, I don't even really know what to say about the Texans. I mean, obviously, uh, their offense just doesn't really cook that much. Their defense doesn't really stop that much. The Houston Texans are the Houston Texans. 0-2-1 is the most Houston Texans <coughs> record that you can possibly have. Uh, but I mean, encouraging signs. You know, Damian Pierce had a really solid game. Uh, I mean, yeah, no, that's really, it's really most of what I can say. Their safety, Jalen Petre, had a good game. Um, Derek Stingley had some plays here and there. Like I, I don't think the Texans are necessarily horrible, where they're getting blown out every week, but. This is about a Texans game, so spent way too much time on that game. I don't. I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> Let's move on to another, just weird game. Um, Titans and Raiders. Now, this was really the like loser goes home, <clears throat> bowl, because both teams owned to both in the playoffs last year. Really, have not shown signs of life this year. And the Raiders is especially tough because they hired a new coach. They traded for Devontae Adams. You know, they did the whole thing. They signed Chandler Jones. Like, they did the whole thing. They were supposed to be a playoff contender. I was pretty high on them, I would say. Just from, like, I think they can be a productive team this year. You know, this, that, and the other. Thought they'd be better than the Broncos, which they might be, but we'll never know. I mean, this week we'll see them play, but... Yeah, no, the Raiders have just been, <coughs> frankly, abysmal. I mean, this is Derek Carr is not the Derek Carr that we saw last year. He's been just really sloppy. I think that's kind of been a good thing about Derek Carr. He's not, like, I don't think he's sloppy to the point where he's losing you games with turnovers. But this this time around, I mean, it, bad interception. Uh, it's just <coughs> not working out, you know? The ball isn't getting to Devontae Adams enough. I mean, 10 targets is no joke, but to have five catches from that is a tough scene. Darren Waller getting five targets for three catches. Like, there's issues with this Raiders team. I think the defense is number one, obviously. Max Crosby is so good, but nothing else around him seems to really be worth it. So, does it matter, you know? Does your defense really matter if they're not doing anything? Like, obviously no, because if they're not stopping a Titans offense that's frankly putrid. Then I don't, I don't know what to tell you. And they they turned it on in the second half. No points allowed in the second half. But I mean, you put yourself in such a hole in the second quarter. Tennessee scores seventeen. I mean, you know, I I just don't know where the Raiders really go from here. I mean. Josh McDaniels' second time around as a head coach, not very positive, but like I said, if they play the Bron- if they play the Broncos this week in Vegas, if they lose that game, frankly, I'm not I'm not quite sure if Josh McDaniels makes it to the end of the year. Because <clears throat> this was a big hire, you know, supposed to be a big Big year for Derek Carr and Adams. Like this was going to be a good, good time for the Raiders fans, but this is obviously not it. Uh, moving over to the Titans, I I don't know what to make of this Titans team. I don't think they're good, but Mike Vrabel might make them a playoff team. And I don't mean a playoff team like a wild card team. I mean a playoff team like they win the AFC South. But that's purely off of coaching. I think he can do a hell of a coaching job, but. This offense, man, shows just – the days of Arthur Smith are long gone. I mean, as skeptical as I am about Arthur Smith, he ran a really good offense in Tennessee. He did. He just frankly had Ryan Tannehill playing as one of the top five best quarterbacks in the league, which is insane to think about now. But, yeah, Tannehill has not looked like the guy, obviously. I mean, I think they want him – thing is, Malik Willis is so raw, so they can't really move on to him yet. But I don't know if Ryan Tannehill makes it to next year as the quarterback for the Titans. Uh, The running game, I mean, Derrick Henry, I don't think Derrick Henry has really looked fantastic, but I can say that about basically every running back that we think is the top five running back. Uh, But he really hasn't looked especially... Derrick Henry-esque this year and I mean obviously he's coming off the injury I I think that's still I won't say lingering but you know it's still he's not in football playing shape yet you know it's not 100% Derrick Henry time however you know I mean 85 yards today a touchdown uh, five catches for 58 yards is a really good sign too like I I think Derrick Henry will get there eventually. It's just he's taking some time to warm up, and I understand that. Like I said, he came off a pretty big injury. So Uh, if you look at the receivers on this team, frankly, the production is just not there. Traylon Burks, listen, I understand he's a rookie, but Traylon Burks only getting two targets. He only caught one for 13 yards. I, I thought Traylon Burks was better than this, you know, like. It's just not encouraging, especially since you traded A.J. Brown. I I think this team would be uh, so much better with A.J. Brown right now. But obviously they decided to move on from him, which is looking like a tough decision. Uh, Now the defense, defense I think played a really impressive game. Kevin Byard had a big interception in the red zone. Christian Fulton having some good stats here. Roger McCreary leads them in tackles this week, which is really solid rookie from Auburn. He can get going, that helps their secondary a lot. But uh yeah, no. I mean not really a ton to take away from this game. Like I said, I just <clears throat> both teams that I thought were good, this is one of those prime examples. I thought both teams would be way better than they actually are and yeah, no. They're both they're both bad teams. They just frankly are. Moving on to next game, we'll have to fly through some of these later ones because some of them are stinkers, but the Colts and Chiefs. Now, shout out my good friend Jackson Davenport. The Indianapolis Colts have won a game. They finally beat the 0-1-2 allegations, or the 0-2-1 allegations, They get a much-needed win against the Chiefs, and yeah, no, this couldn't have come at a better time. You know, the Colts were kind of in free fall, I would say, frankly, because week one, you're touted as like a Super Bowl contender. You know, Matt Ryan finally has the situation he needs. The line should be good. Jonathan Taylor's fantastic. Michael Pittman's fantastic. The defense should be really solid all around, all three levels. They come out and lay a big old stinker against the Texans, go down big, and manage should come back just to tie the game. And from there, they go to Jacksonville. You know, Matt Ryan's never lost against Jacksonville. Colts have not won in Jacksonville, though, in such a long time. That streak ends up to be the more important one as they lose that one devastatingly 24 to nothing. Uh, and then this week, this week comes, and frankly, it's a lot of the same. You know, I mean, Colts come out, do not look good, not very impressive, but Sky Moore gives them a gift. Kansas City rookie Sky Moore muffs a punt, gets them inside the 10 yard line. They get a touchdown on the board. So it's not like, all doom and gloom. They have a little bit of life. And from there, I mean, uh, I saw Alec Pierce made an impressive catch. Thought that was really good to see from him. Three catches, 61 yards. Needed that production. Michael Bittman, another good week. Um, <coughs> Jonathan Taylor. Now, listen, I'm not going to say I'm concerned about Jonathan Taylor because I'm definitely not. But this is another week where. I'd say Jonathan Taylor didn't take over the game in any facet. He was just kind of another running back, but you know, in the mix. Didn't do a whole lot, so that's like, I, like I said, mildly concerning, but I have confidence he'll get it going. But part of the reason I don't think he's getting it going and the fact that Matt Ryan, I don't think it looks as comfortable as he possibly, like, I don't think he looks as comfortable I don't I don't know as, as he did like last, like he just doesn't look comfortable I mean I frankly put it like that because the Colts offensive line has been putrid I mean they paid Quentin Nelson a ton of money sure but I mean you look along that offensive line really just a lot of them feel like they're getting pushed back and we know Matt Ryan is 38 37 38 cannot move very well you know it's it's a chore for him to like see that and move at the same time. It's like one of the two has to happen, and you know he's typically not moving. So five sacks turns out to be pretty tough. You know, just just a pretty tough day for him sack wise. Uh, the right guard, uh, the right side of the line, I think is just frankly a mess. But you know, I I have confidence. Like I said. Offensive lines, I think a lot of it has to do with continuity. If they just keep playing together, keep figuring out where these issues are, they'll like adjust. Like players might not be good, but they'll adjust to where it's not the weakest. It's not the bad players' weaknesses. You know, it'll be it'll be the bad players' strengths, hopefully. Like they'll play to that. I think that's what the Bengals did this week and they ended up winning. So I think the Colts will have a way to figure it out. It's just right now it looks really ugly. And the Colts schedule does not get easier. I I think, ooh, I think they think they play the Titans this week, which like I said, we just talked about them. It's not a super impressive game, but the Titans I won't say have had the Colts number, but the Titans recently I think have just been a better team than the Colts on paper. Like on on coaching too. Like, you know. This will be a t- another tough game, and I think they have a couple more after that. They'll be tough. Like The road doesn't really get much easier because the first two weeks, those should have been easy. Jacksonville, Houston, both both should have been wins. If you're just purely looking on paper, but uh, Colts dug themselves in a hole. Now they're trying to dig out of it. But this was an impressive win over Kansas City, Getting getting this one at the end. Kansas City side of the ball. I mean, the defense played probably way better than you could have hoped for. Like I, I think the Kansas City defense is way better than it has been in years past. You know, they've kind of been Swiss cheese, very opportunistic defense. But this year, I think they have a legitimate defense that actually can get stops on some of these better ASC teams. Uh, But the offense, uh, the offense is just, it feels, it just feels very, how do I say it? Very Andy Reedish. You know, Uh, the rushing game is just not there. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the leading rusher with 26 yards. As a total team, they had 23 carries, 458 yards. So, like, I like Clyde edwards alaire They drafted him in the first round a couple of years ago out of LSU. He was supposed to come in and really complete this offense. I mean, at that point they had Tiger Kill obviously. So Hill, Kelsey, Mahomes, all you need they had a great offensive line. All you needed was the running back. They take C E H and just has not lived up to the expectations, you know? I mean, the pass catching's been there obviously, but the running like the the running back part of his job is just not been there i mean seven carries for zero yards he scored a touchdown but he ended up zero yards like i i I really don't know how that's possible i don't know what he did it says he has a long of four yards so like he really must have been just been doing nothing i don't was he running in place for seven carries i i don't i don't know but just kind of a miserable performance from the run game. Patrick Mahomes wasn't great. He wasn't bad either. Like, felt like he kind of just had the bumpers on. He's playing not to lose this game for most of it. Uh, him and Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator, got into a little bit of a verbal argument, I guess, at halftime, and they wanted to go, but he they didn't. So, something to look out there. Uh, the one interception came at the end off of a tip. Like it, you know, it is what it is, but. Uh, I also think, you know, outside of Travis Kelsey, one of these guys has to step up and be the consistent guy. I mean, Travis Kelsey's fantastic. Don't get me wrong. He's a little bit up there in age, but still producing at a high level. But on the outside, on the perimeters, you need a little bit of a threat. And that's what made them so dangerous is because Kelsey could run around in the middle free. And then Hill was on one sideline running straight. So, like, those guys were just a menaces, And so... (laughs) Now, with these guys on the outside, Juju's not burning anyone. Marquise Val- the scaling isn't toasting anyone. Like You need these guys to do something productive. Like Juju had a good day, but you need them to give you like something game-changing more than what they are. Otherwise, people are just going to sit on Kelsey in the middle and force those other guys to make plays. So Kansas City definitely has their flaws. I think they will figure it out because I have faith in Patrick Mahomes, frankly. But, like I said, definitely not an encouraging sign, to say the least. Speaking of teams that can't run the ball, the Miami Dolphins beat the Buffalo Bills 21-19. We'll start on the losing side of this, because, like I said, not running the ball seems to be the Bills' real fatal flaw. And you could point at the defense and say the defense wasn't this or that, Defense has so many injuries, especially in the secondary. You know, Tua really only had one big throw, I would say, per se. Like, the rest of the game kind of was a lot of small stuff. I mean, the Bills held the ball majority of the time. So, like, the Dolphins' offense really didn't even have a chance to do anything. But one big throw from Tua really turned this game around for them. They managed to get the win here. Uh, But the Bills – the Bills – I I don't know what to make of this game. I really don't. Because they are so hurt. They have so many injuries all up and down the board. Uh, But, I mean, they should have won this game. I mean, frankly, this was like... This was one of those games where you look and be like, you know what, Josh Allen, you don't need to do everything. Because at the end of it, he just he looked exhausted. And I think the whole, everyone was exhausted because I think it was a hot day in Miami. Like I said, bunch of injuries, bunch of cramps. Like no one really was like full on, ex, like, you know, energized. Once the game was ending, like everyone was dead. And I, I think this was like, Josh Allen just got pushed to his absolute limit. He just couldn't, he couldn't do it anymore. At the end there, just the ball slipped out of his hand. Now, he should have made the throw. Should have been a touchdown. Should have been a win. But this just, you know, this just was not a very encouraging performance uh, from the Bills just a, all around. Like I nothing, nothing positive to say here for them. Just besides like they need to get healthy. They need to get healthy badly for that defense. Uh the offense needs to not rely on Josh Allen. I mean, 63 throws is one, like, is bad enough. For him to also have eight carries and be the leading rusher is another whole issue. And Like I said, this really, this felt like like an old Josh Allen game where he should have had several throws picked off. uh, The Dolphins dropped him. You know, it just, he's trying to play hero ball. This was just not really a game where, you know, I, I'm curious to see how the Bills do against other competitive teams because this definitely was not an encouraging sign for fans of the Bills. But they do play the Ravens this week, so like I said, they do have their hands full on the defensive side of the ball. I'm, like I said, really curious to see how they'll do there. But this offense, this offense has to figure out a way to not make everything Josh Allen centric. And I get he's the quarterback, this and that, but this just was way too much. On the dolphin side of the ball, like I said, they're the dog this game was just it it should have been a lot better than what it was. It felt like no one really their identities weren't really brought out. It felt like a like we saw both both teams and we saw the album covers of both teams, but we did not open the covers, you know. We saw both of them and they just were like slightly released. But we didn't see the, like, in-depth strategies of each of these teams. Because, like I said, the Bills held the ball 40 minutes of game time. So, like, the Bills' defense didn't really ever have to do anything heavy, lifting. Miami Dolphins' offense, really, like I said, didn't do a whole lot outside of the one big Jalen Waddle throw by Tua. But, you know, like, the one game wasn't a factor for either offense. Like, I, I don't know what to take away from this game other than Josh Allen needs to not put so much on his plate. Uh, Tua, Tua got banged up pretty bad. Uh, He's stumbling around concussion-wise. It looks kind of spooky. Uh, NFLPA said they're going to investigate how it was handled, so that seems really encouraging for the Dolphins' side of it. <laughs> they handled something well or not, but nonetheless, uh, that's the thing. Something to look out for. They're calling it a lower back injury, which is just definitely not what happened. Like, it, anyone can watch the video and be like, that's definitely, like, not a back injury. That is for sure a concussion. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that that's something to look out for. They have a quick turnaround. They play Thursday Night Football in Cincinnati against Joe Burrow and company. Uh, and I, I don't think Tua should play in this game. I mean... Like I said, that hit was scary. Seeing him get up and wobble down and have to be helped off—like, none of it looked good. Uh, and frankly, I mean, we'll we'll see what the wonder child Mike McDaniel has. But people are people are bullishly high on him right now, and we're only three games into his career. I know he's cool. He's really funny, but hey, now come on now. It's I'm I'm not a believer in this Dolphins team. I've been comparing this Dolphins team to the Cardinals team last year, where starting off, they have an offensive genius at coach. They have a pretty solid young quarterback. And, you know, they'll win a ton of games here in the beginning. You know, the heat plays to their favor here in Miami. It's just kind of who they are. Flashy team, flashy, cool colors. But this doesn't seem like a team that screams, like, we can travel on the road in the winter to... Buffalo to Kansas city to try get other outdoor stadiums to Cincinnati, like to Baltimore in December, uh, November, January. I, I can't see this Dolphins team traveling to any of those places and really making an impact where they are like running as fast as they are now. And I mean, I know they have the two of the fastest players on earth and I'll give them a chance in every game. But frankly, I don't know if it can keep up. I don't know. Just uh, they don't sell me as a playoff contending team. I think they'll make the playoffs quite easily contending in the playoffs. I'm I have my skeptical thoughts on it. Okay. Now, the next game to talk about Lions Vikings. Oh, man, Detroit I want to try so hard to believe in you and how good you are, because I do think you're really just good. But man, this was the most Detroit Lions loss. Uh, they put up 14 quick points uh, to be answered shortly after, when in the halftime tied with the Vikings here. Um, scored 10 in the third quarter, so jumped up to another lead 24 to 14 and it just kind of crumbled in the fourth quarter here. I mean, the Vikings scored two touchdowns here. Uh Kirk Cousins had a pretty good game. Like I can't, there's nothing really bad to say about his performance. Uh missed missed a couple throws, but nothing to the point that it was like losing them the game. Obviously, he won them the game with a touchdown pass. So uh, Dalvin Cook had a great game, but went out due to injury. Uh, Madison came in, was a productive. Uh, Jared Goff on the other side of the ball had a good game as well. Now, I didn't see the interception he had, but you know that's tough. Uh, DeAndre Swift was banged up, so he didn't have many rushing duties. But Jamal Williams is back up. 20 carries, 87 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he got flagged for a funny celebration he did where... It's like the Hingle McKringleberry uh keen Peel skit where he did too many too many pumps with his celebration. So that was funny to see, you know, how that happened. But you know, uh yeah, no, the Lions, I think see, the thing about the Lions is I think they've reached like the above stage of they're not frisky. They're like they might be just legitimately a good team, you know. I mean, I'm still not sure about this defense, what to think about it. Jeff Okuda had a great day on Justin Jefferson, was all over that guy. Justin Jefferson near the lower half of the receiving totals for Vikings, so hats off to Jeff Okuda coming off his Achilles injury. He got to be big, and he was. He had a great game. Uh, Now, the Vikings, they are now 2-1. Uh, the Bears are two and one, and uh, I'm pretty sure the Packers are two and one. So, three two and one NFC South teams. Obviously, I think one will fall. Uh, but you know, the two teams that are two and one that are good, and the Lions, I think it might have an interesting NFC North division here, and so something to keep your eye out for. Both like I said, both these teams, Dolphins, I mean Dolphins, Detroit has a lot of growing to do on defense, so that's like the big question mark here. However, I do think that they are better better than what they were last year on offense. I think they're really good. I'm in Ross A. Brown so good. Like I, I like I just I like the Lions. I like them a lot. Uh moving on. Ravens Patriots. Mac Jones exit stage left. Um, first of all, Mac Jones did get hurt at the very end of this game. High ankle sprain, probably out a couple weeks. They'll see how that goes. I don't want to say the Patriots are dead because Bill Belichick, yeah, I never want to say he's dead because I've seen it go wrong. But this is about as dead a team as you can see. The time, I mean. The Patriots just, the life they have on offense is so just negative. You know, the run game, the run game's really good. They have really, you know, Damian Harris and Ramon J. Stevenson, a a great duo, I think, like committee running back. But, you know, the, the passing game is just, in a game that revolves so heavily around that aspect of it, this just was not really the game or this is just not really the team built for that i mean Javante parker had a great day but uh, mac Matt, Matt jones making bonehead play after bonehead play none of none of what he's doing feels like he's comfortable he seems like someone who's rushing up his clock his internal clock uh, someone who is really touted as so accurate great decision maker had the highest floor you know, I, I, we haven't seen it this year, and we're not going to see it for another couple weeks. You know, it's definitely he just hasn't been the same guy. He just has not been the guy that we were accustomed to. He wasn't safe. He hasn't been safe at all really this year. The ball security has been really, really poor by him. And they managed to muster up 26 points somehow. Like, just somehow lived to see it another day. But it's, you know, they... They might have been closer in this game had Mac Jones not thrown three really awful picks. So, I I don't know what the next step is for them. I don't know if they'd have to be sold on Mac Jones as the guy. But, like I said, they certainly did not look impressive against the Ravens here. In a spot where the Ravens didn't really look that good either. I mean, I, the, this Ravens defense really has issues. Like... They have legitimate concerns on that side of the ball. But the offense, Lamar Jackson's making so much money as he's playing here. I mean, five total touchdowns, led the team in rushing again, 218 yards, four passing touchdowns. Mark Andrews looked really good. He had eight catches, 89 yards to do touchdowns. That's kind of what I expected from him this year. Uh, Rashad Bateman had some good plays. Like, I mean... The Ravens offense, I think, is legitimately really good. Just the defense has to catch up. I don't know what they need to fix there because I thought they were gonna be like a lot better than they are. It's that secondary, but you know, they they have some issues they have to work out on that side of the ball. Like I said, Lamar Jackson, I think you can make an argument for MVP for multiple players, like. Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, guys that haven't won it yet. But if you're looking at the guys who have won it, I mean, Lamar Jackson, I think, has been better than Patrick Mahomes this year. And I I, I think Lamar Jackson has a really good chance at, you know, getting a fully guaranteed contract. I, I really do. As the season keeps going, I'm more impressed by him each and every game. Moving on from that game, we go into a really just awful game. This was the game on red zone when I saw it like once or twice. Better than that. Did not hear from this one. This was one that the Cincinnati Bengals absolutely needed over the jets. They get the win 27 to 12 was never really in doubt. Uh, But Joe Burrow bounce back game here. He really needed it after being basically a turnover machine the first two weeks and, you know, this Jets team, frankly, just kind of looks like most other Jet teams, you know, just really a dead team in the water. Joe Flacco's been throwing it 50-plus times a game. That's just not a not really success. Like, you're not going to win with that. Zach Wilson, I think, will play this week, though. So that should be, hopefully, a boost to them. I'd love to see Zach Wilson be good. <laughs> you know, I, I was big on him coming into the NFL and he just has not been there, but maybe he gets it turned around here on the Cincinnati side of the ball. Like I said, Joe Burrow needed a clean game and he had it three touchdowns, no picks, only two sacks here, 275 yards. Tyler Boyd looked really good. Jamar Chase looked okay. Uh, Sauce Garner, the rookie that, New York drafted had a really solid game on him. I think for a rookie, really impressed by him. But yeah, no, I mean this this was should have been a Bengals easy win on the schedule, and it was. So that's really all to say about that one. Moving on, this is gonna be a quick one. Eagles, Commanders. Eagles win twenty four to eight. Frankly, a Blowout from start to finish was 24 to 2 at one point. Uh, Jalen Hurts, Philly, you got a quarterback because Jalen Hurts looked really, really good 22 to 35, 340 yards, and three touchdowns. I mean, Devontae Smith had a day, eight catches, 169, and a touchdown. AJ Brown had a good good day with a touchdown and some yards. I In the Philadelphia defense, Philadelphia defense is, it's unreal. They look so good. Their defense gets a ton of sacks. You know, the secondary Bradbury and Slay might be the best cornerback duo in the league. Like, the Eagles are playing at a level right now that I think separates them from the rest of the league. You know, I'm curious to see how the rest of the season plays out, if teams adjust to how they are, if Jalen Hurts keeps improving this season because – I mean, Philly looks pretty unstoppable right now three games in. And like I said, it's three games in, so don't want to take too much away from it. But if I had to pick a team for early Super Bowl favorite, like if I if I watched every single team this year and I said my Super Bowl favorite just based off of this pure year, the Eagles might be number one. I mean, they've just been that good on both sides of the ball. It's been a complete team effort. No. Nothing but compliments to the Eagles. Commanders, on the other hand, whew, this was this was the Carson Wentz that Philly fans are so glad is not in Philly anymore. I mean, a atrocious performance. I just there's just nothing really positive to say about this Commanders team. The direction is not there, frankly. Don't know if Ron Rivera makes it uh to next year we will see I, i'm just not impressed by them not at all uh another stinky game we'll get the we'll get the bad ones out of the way here saints panthers panthers get the win here 22 to 14 this was one of those games like i said just did not see any of it did not see any highlights frankly because i don't think there were any i mean Chris McCaffrey had a good productive day. Chris Olave had a really good day of the rookie receiver for New Orleans. But uh, other than that, you know, Baker Mayfield, I don't think is the guy. Because, I mean, I feel like the offensive production from Carolina skill players, I I mean, McCaffrey's getting his touches, obviously, because he's McCaffrey, but the receivers are getting nothing. They're, they're getting nothing, and I... Part of me thinks it's a product of the quarterback they're playing with, but, yeah, it's not awesome. The Saints' offense looks atrocious. Their defense looks fine. Their defense is, I think, pretty strong. It's just the Saints' offense gets nothing going until they're down, and they have to, like, throw the ball. Like, Kamara's kind of a non-factor. Michael Thomas is really not the Michael Thomas. He was the rookie or, like, offensive offensive player of the year Michael Thomas – LaVey's really been the only, I think, consistent bright spot that you've seen from the Saints offense. People were trying to tell me. I remember I said on the show, I don't think the Saints are good. And I was kind of like my friends in all the group chats were like, oh, the Saints are good. Jameis Winston's pretty solid. Like, I, I do not see it. Saints are one of the worst teams in the league, and they frankly should be 0-3. They're lucky that they played the Falcons week one to blow that lead. 'Cause they'd be 0-3 right now, and Dennis Allen would have questions to answer. Cause I tell you, they Sean Payton left and they do not look good on offense at all. It looks atrocious on that side of the ball. Uh moving on to the West Coast games. This is kind of when the afternoon slate started. Uh Rams Cardinals. Uh the Rams Rams played this game. <laughs> they they didn't do a lot. They didn't really you know, win by a big margin. They kind of just held on until the Cardinals just couldn't do any more. And, you know, I, the Rams kind of been just all over the Cardinals, I think, for the pat, better part of past decade, probably. But uh, at least the last three, four years, since Sean McVay's been there, basically. Rams just, I think, consistently just held this game in check. Cam Akers, I think, had a dumb fumble, but... Uh, You know, the Cardinals had to play catch up and, you know, looking at some of these stats, I don't, I don't know what the Cardinals, I don't know how they're not scoring touchdowns. Uh, (laughs) Like, I don't know if the second quarter is, that's a touchdown and missed field goal or if that's two field goals, but either way, I mean, Kyler throwing it 58 times, three fourteen, and no touchdowns is interesting. Marquise Brown, 14, 14 catches, not four 14 catches, 140 yards, no touchdowns. Like, I I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the Cardinals have to see more from Cliff Kingsbury to realize that his, I I don't high school, his high school passing offense isn't just not going to work here at the NFL level. I don't know if it'll work at the college levels. It just is especially not working here at the NFL level. I, I don't know. I don't know where the Cardinals go from here. I really don't. I, the Cardinals might be, I'd say, eight, nine, seven, and ten, and they could, I think, sneak into the playoffs with that. I, the NFC is bad. The, uh, both conferences were bad, but the NFC is rough. Uh, a, a blowout here, and this is gonna be this is, I think, the most shocking game of the week. Like just purely based off of how. Big of a margin of defeat this was. The Jaguars beat the Chargers thirty-eight to ten. Now listen, I I like Trevor Lawrence. I came into the year thinking Trevor Lawrence is actually has a good quarterback coach like Whisper and Doug Pearson who had Carson Wentz playing it great. Uh, Trevor Lawrence had a c- coach that wasn't you know in the bars on, after a Thursday night game. This is going to be a good year for him, you know. I, I didn't ever expect them to come out and be two and one with a dominant win over the Colts and a dominant win over the Chargers, and they now go to Philadelphia, I believe, this week, or they they play Philadelphia regardless. And if they beat the if they beat the Eagles this week, whew, I I don't know how high the stock can be for the Jaguars, but it's going to be. Astronomical. I think it's already high right now because I think the defense, the young players on that defense, Devin Lloyd had a game. Trayvon Walker has looked really strong. I think in his spot, you know, Josh Allen is there. Like they have pieces on that defense that look really solid. They held this Chargers offense to ten points. Now I know Justin Herbert is not one hundred percent at all, but still, this Chargers offense has a lot of firepower. I know their O-line is banged up, but they have a lot of firepower. and To only ha- surrender 10 points, it's impressive. And on top of that, Trevor Lawrence, 28 for 39, 262, and three touchdowns. And here's the biggest thing, no interceptions. You know, Trevor Lawrence has been very prone to just be, trying to kind of play hero ball, put the ball in places he definitely should not because, I mean, he's just always been that guy that can place the ball anywhere but in the NFL he's just been doing that a little bit too much but this game i he played lights out this is this might be the trevor lawrence breakout game the turnaround game where we look at